Welcome to Vroom, your motorsport fix sponsored by Skin Sexual Health. Ride hard, play safe. Welcome to Vroom, it's episode 52 and on this week's show we are going truly international. Kicking things off in a few minutes time we welcome back Jacob Hatch, uh, who some of you may remember we spoke to a couple of years ago. The youngster has uh, traded uh, racing over in Australia. He's now racing in the British Superbike Championship in Stock 600s, uh, living, would you believe, on Ron and Anne Haslam's farm. Uh, so uh, he's going to tell us some uh, some some secrets of, uh, of life on the farm, and uh, he's going to be starting the show very, very soon. And then a little bit later on, we will be speaking to Italian rider Mirko Genai, who uh, is one of the leading riders in the Supersport 300 World Championship. And it's a real, a real treat because it's his first ever English interview. So uh, we've got no idea what's going to happen, uh, whether we end up having to do a, a dual language podcast um, or whether or not uh, Mirko has been practicing and can get through uh, all of the absolute drivel that I'm going to throw at him. So uh, stick with us. Episode number 52 is coming up very, very soon. But before that, we should point out a couple of things. Max Verstappen uh, has one hand on the Formula One World Championship title. He is the winner, of course, of the latest round of the Formula One World Championship in Zandvoort. He was also the winner in Belgium at the Spa-Francorchamps circuit as well. Uh, Lewis Hamilton absolutely outraged to have victory snatched from uh, underneath him uh, during uh, that final couple of laps in uh, in the Netherlands, which saw uh, various various shenanigans going on and issues for Yuki Tsunoda, which made uh, safety car and, and all these kind of things coming around and, and happening in the middle of the race. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Lewis Hamilton finished off the podium. It was a podium also for Charles Leclerc in uh, third position and uh, George Russell uh, finishing in second. In the world of two wheels, I said, well, MotoGP has been on... Uh, a real run of things at the moment coming on from the British Grand Prix. The latest round, of course, uh, taking place in Austria and then uh, most recently last weekend taking place in Misano. Another win for Pecco Bagnaia. Four wins on the bounce for the Ducati rider. The first Ducati rider ever to do so in the Premier class. And uh, he is closing in on Fabio Quattararo in terms of the overall championship. Uh, Moto2 and Moto3 championships are still wide open uh, as we head towards the final seven or eight races. And in BSB, it was Danny Buchan who uh, put the Cinetech BMW on top uh, at Cadwell Park, the king of the mountain. Uh, Danny Buchan looking to secure a place in the showdown and BSB uh, will be back in action this weekend at Snetterton. Skins. Ride hard, play safe. Our first guest this week is Jacob Hatch, no stranger to talking to us. Uh, in fact, uh, he was a, a guest on the show a couple of years ago. Uh, he's now racing in the BSB Championship and following on from Cadwell Park, where he did uh, his career best in the series. Uh, he joins us again now. Jacob, hello, mate. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good. A little bit tired. There was a bit of a storm that went on last night. I thought I may have had to go and pull a tree out of my front garden, but I managed uh, <laughs> to survive and was able to get back to sleep. So I'm all good, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, we had the storm last night to come over, so it was pretty hectic. Now, obviously, a lot has happened in the last couple of years. You're now racing in BSB. Um, what's it uh, What's it been like for you? I know we've got a lot of listeners in Australia, so uh, they'll be quite keen to see on, on what the adjustment has been like. Um, mate, my first year in BSB has been pretty hectic. It's like it's been a massive learning curve, learning all the new tracks and being on a new bike. So it's just been... Uh, I've probably learned, I've learned more this year just in what I've done here than what I have in my whole racing career. I think it's been crazy. And obviously just try and put into words, if you can, the difference between sort of the Australian Championship and, and BSB. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I work in many championships. I've been to Australia uh, as well, and I've seen the series over there. Um, ASBK is in, a, is in a good place now, isn't it? I mean, there's big, big audiences in, well, certainly, certainly um, larger audiences than before the pandemic, which is good. And we're seeing full grids in Australia, but it is a little bit different to BSB. Yeah, as, as strong as the competition is in Australia, I just think, BSB is a whole nother level. Like, I think at Cadwell they had something like 80,000 people watching that that day. And it was like, that, that's like an eye opener to see how crazy it is, how much people love it over here. But in Australia, it's, it's a great sport. People love it and it's starting to come good. It's like, super bikes are great. 300 classes are great. Super sport's great. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, obviously, I mean, there's so many things that we could talk about. And obviously, I know we've spoken to you before, so I don't want to go over old things, but I want to talk about all the, the, the new stuff, because obviously, uh, I believe as well, you're actually living you're living on the, the farm with, with Ron uh, and Anne Haslam and, and Leon and, and, uh, and Ollie and the kids. I mean, that, that's got to be an experience. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. The, like the amount of help they've given us this year, like we were, I don't know, I think it was about two or three weeks out before we come over here and we didn't have anywhere to live. And they were like, oh, we'll, we'll make something work. Just get over here. We've got a caravan for you. We've got a car for you. And we're like, mate, that is awesome. And like the amount of help that they've given us, it's, it's crazy. It's honestly so good. Yeah, and I've, I've been down to the farm a few times, obviously quite good friends with, with the Haslams and mum and dad are as well. And uh, they're such, such great people, aren't they? I mean, I saw Anne briefly at Cadwell. I popped in at Cadwell uh, on the way home uh, back to London uh, just to catch up with a few people. And I didn't actually get to see you. So I wasn't avoiding you, mate. I promise I wasn't avoiding you. Just, uh, you, you were just out on track and I was literally only there a couple of hours. But I, I did see Anne um, briefly and they're, they're such great people, aren't they? Yeah, no, they're great. It's just, you can't put into words how much they help. If we need any questions answered, we need any help with anything, we just like, Ann and Ron, they're always there for us. Leon and Ollie, it's great. It's just, and like how at home they've made us feel while we've been here, it's been awesome. Yeah. Has, uh, have they taken you up in the plane yet? Has Ron got you uh, in the plane? He, he <laughs> mentioned it to me a few years ago, and I'm not sure. I mean, I remember Ron when he raced, and I've seen Leon race, and I'm not sure I'd get in a plane with him, to be honest. Yeah, no, there, were, there was one day I was I was asleep in the camper, and I heard a little knock on the door, and I was like, oh, I wonder who that is. And I uh, opened up the door, and it was Ron there with a big smile on his face asking me if I wanted to go up in the plane. And that was a bit of an experience on its own, this, uh, like, this little plane, awesome plane, but... I've never, ever been in something like that before. And we're, we're taken off in his back paddock and it's like all bumpy. And we're, I don't know, it was, it was, it was a cool experience. So I think to go up and play with Ron Haslam is a pretty cool thing that you're able to tell people. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I, and then obviously you made it back down, but I'm, I'm joking. I mean, he's a, he's a very, very accomplished <laughs> pilot. I'm very, he's a very accomplished pilot. I mean, I'm saying that as, as a bit of a joke, but I mean, didn't he actually land the plane once? Or was it Ron or Leon that landed it at Cadwell, didn't they? Didn't they land a plane on the track? Oh, I honestly, I couldn't tell you. I'm, I'm sure. Not actually, now I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm sure that a couple of years ago, that I'm sure that they landed it on the back straight or something, that they flew in, they landed it on the back straight and they literally oh. parked it on the inside of Park Corner. Then at the end of the weekend, jumped back in the plane and then took off again. I'm sure, I'm I sure they be, did. I wouldn't be surprised if they have. I've heard some stories about Ron and Leon up in planes before. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Now, obviously, you're racing in, uh, in stock 600s uh, over here. It's a championship that... I think I think I'm right in saying there's only one or two championships in the world where they still have um, Super Stock 600 or Stock yeah, 600 yeah. as it's called. It's not in the World Championship anymore and uh, and things like that. Um, I don't think they even run it in Australia, do they? No, they only got the Super Sport in Australia. Yeah, you got Super Sport, and we definitely don't have a European Championship for it anymore. So it's it's a great championship, though, isn't it? It really is. I mean, it's always been. I mean, I remember watching back in the day, Top Rack, Razgalioglu, Frankie Morbidelli you know, Augusto Fernandez, um, yeah. you know, all, all these guys that have gone on to do great things. And they all came through this super stock uh, class. Um, I mean, I kind of understand why things change. They got rid of stock 1000s. We did, we don't have a world championship for that or, or European uh, 600s. I understand that. But for me, they, they still need it somewhere, in my opinion. I think the gap, just yeah. me personally, I think going from a little 300 into the the 600s, okay, they've made some steps in the World Championship and we are now seeing that, that the gap is closing a little bit. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely getting better. But there was a couple of years where there was nothing. You know, you're either on a little bike or you're on a big bike. And when you're, bike, only, yeah. you know, you're a teenager like yourself, I mean, it's a big jump going from a little 300. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is a great class. And with how close the racing is over here, it's like, like I said before, I've just this is the most I've learned in a year riding, just being on these bikes to the people over here. It's, it's like, it is really an awesome class. Yeah, I mean, you talk about things that you've learned. What, what is it you've learned? Because, I mean, obviously you were a pretty accomplished rider anyway. You know, you'd had some success in, in Australia. So what, what are the biggest things? Because, again, the tracks as well, the tracks are very different here. Yeah, the tracks are so different. And I think it's just the, the variety that you get at each track. Everything's a little bit different. And from stepping up from a 300, uh, you know, that maybe extra 100 horsepower that you have in the 600, it's just like I think this is really where you start to learn to ride a bike with having it sliding around and it sliding into corners and just like the speed difference, everything, like everything comes at you a lot faster. You, you're just pretty much just how I've been. I've, and especially I have Ron and Leon in the garage all the time, teaching you stuff, riding bikes with them. Like I've been to, I've been to Cadwell with Ron before and it's like, that boy is still quick. He still gets around the track pretty quick. And um, yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's just, and some of the stuff that you can, they tell you, 
Ron and Leon just it's like really eye opening. Yeah. So what's what's probably the one thing that, that Ron or Leon has told you that's kind of stuck in your mind? Then what's the if you could take one thing? Obviously, I'm not going to ask you to say everything because then everyone will be <laughs> getting all that information for free. But if there's if there's kind of one thing that, that Ron or Leon has told you that, that you think, ah, oh, yeah, and, and that just made a difference, what would it be then? Um, they're honestly they're always kind of there's a lot of stuff that they've told me. It's it's hard to put into words about what is the best thing, but um, you've put me on the spot here. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. It's like just be at, there's getting be stuff from being on the grid. You know, just calm down, just relax. You know that you're gonna there is gonna be a race. You just gotta be in it at the start. First couple of laps is like one of the most important things of the race. That's what that's what Ron's told me. Because you can win a race. You can't win a race at the start, but you can definitely lose one. Yeah, absolutely. It's like no gaps, isn't it? I remember talking to Pete Banks, yeah. who, who obviously runs a team in Moto3 and, and, and things like that. And I remember always talking to him years ago, and he, he would always be the same. Like, no gaps, no gaps. It doesn't matter yeah. whether you're on the front row of the grid, you're 20th on the grid. When the lights go out, no gaps. You can't afford to lose the, the train. And yeah. it's, it is important, though, isn't it? It's so true. I mean, how many times have we, have we even seen in that in, um, in sort of MotoGP, where you see riders typically, Benio Bastianini springs to mind, you know, the first few races of the year, you know, obviously, yeah, yeah starts off relatively slowly and somehow manages to pull it back. But that's maybe one in a hundred riders can do that. You know, if you, if you generally miss the gap and you don't get away with them, you're in no man's land, aren't you? You yeah. can't catch them. Yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Now, obviously we couldn't look towards the showdown, which um, certainly as far as BSB is concerned, that's kind of re rejigs everything. The top eight riders at the end of um uh, Snetterton, isn't it? The next round at this. So once Snetterton is finished, the top eight riders will all get a thousand points, and then it goes into the last nine races to determine the championship. Doesn't work like that for you, though, does it? No, no. We just we just have the one championship the whole year, really. The BSB guys get that. It's kind of like a two-way championship at the end of the year. It fixes it all up, makes it a little bit more interesting. But ours just runs off the points we gain all year. Excellent. So obviously, in terms of the championship, um, you know. Being honest, it's it's not going to be a championship win for you this year, but you kind of no. knew that before you went into it. You, you know, you didn't know the tracks, yeah. you didn't know the tyres. There's a lot to learn. So, um, what what are you hoping for from the end of the season? As I said, I mean, you were very close to the top six at Cadwell. I was impressed actually at Cadwell. Like I said, I did see you on track for a couple of laps. I think your session was just finishing as as I got there, and then then obviously I had to leave. But you know, it's not the easiest of tracks, and everybody no, goes on about not. the um, the mountain. I mean. I've ridden around Catwell and, you know, even walking up it. I mean, it is, it's narrow. There's not much, not much room for error, is there? No, there's not. It's like, it's crazy. When I first got here, they told me that that would be the track that I'd struggle most at. But like, and when I did go there for the first time and did a couple laps around at Cycling, I was like, oh my God, how, how do you get around here without even going off the track? Like there's plenty of, there's not even, there's runoff at some corners, but at other corners, it's just like, boom, straight to a wall. But, um, yeah, no, it's a crazy track. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And obviously, how, how have you managed them with that with that jump then? It's talking about Cadwell. I mean, we see the likes of Josh Brooks or Peter Hickman. You know, they used to riding on the roads as well, literally 20 feet in the air, yeah. just literally. Even Toprak, to be yeah. fair. Toprak did a couple of laps, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that on TV. And uh, yeah. we all know him for his stoppies. But, I mean, he, he was just leaping over the mountain, which was great. But it's yeah. not always the fastest way, is it? No, I, I, do, I really don't think that it is the fastest way. I think... Oh, I, I don't know. It's debatable, actually, because there's some people that really launch over it that are really fast, and there's other people like Leon. He's quick around there, and he he barely gets off the ground. Yeah, he's literally. I, I, that's like, yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned Leon because he was one of the ones in my head. Where I'm like, no, he's okay. The front wheel is up, but he's driving through the yeah, back wheel and literally driving, driving yeah. where you get, as I say, Josh Brooks springs to mind, and he, you know, he's he's three meters in the air, and you just think, bloody hell, that looks impressive. But yeah, um, unfortunately for Josh, he 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 did go down, didn't he, when it landed wrong and it snapped back on him in one of the races. And luckily, he was he was okay. What's going to be your realistic hope then for the rest of the season? As I said, you're coming off your best results, um, not a million miles away from the top six. I mean, is, is that the target now? Let's let's get some top sixes under the belt and then and focus on next year. Yeah, I think um, well, going now into the rest of the season, I've actually been to all the tracks now, so I have I know my way around the rest of them because they're doubles up now. But um, yeah, and no, I think I can now have a bit of a dig in hope that I can get a little bit more up the front as I know the tracks and it'll be my second time going there. I think that it would be easier to just hit the ground running and go out and chop it sometimes. 
Yeah, absolutely. So obviously we're talking about next year, it's silly season as well. Um, what can you what can you tell us? I mean, we're at that part of the season now where I think it's our 52nd or 53rd podcast. I mean, it's about time we get some exclusives. I mean, yeah. it, I've been doing this for a couple of years now. You know, we, we need yeah. an exclusive. So come on, what's, what's the plan? Are we, are we going to see you staying in, in BSB? Are you going to stay in the UK? Um, I'll tell you, I haven't signed any contracts or anything. Nothing's been signed yet, but uh, we're definitely planning to be back at BSB and I'd love to ride for Leon again. Uh, so, ladies and gents, you can read into that what you want. I mean, given the fact that he's living on Leon and Ron's farm and he's saying that nothing's signed, he's, he's got a cheeky little smile on his face now because we're recording this with the Zoom thing and I can see I see he's got a big smile on his face. So, uh, yeah. I think that's about as close to a to an exclusive as we're going to get. But do you know what? That would be great, wouldn't it? Because you know what it's like. You know, you move from, from a different country or even when you just go from bike to bike or championship to championship, for you to have some consistency to actually say, right, I know all the tracks now, whether you stay in stock 600s or whether you go to Super Sport or stock 1000 or whatever it happens to be that you do, at least yeah, you know yeah. where you're going. At least you know whether it's left or right. And there's just some consistency to have those people around you. And I think that is really important. And I think that's something that a lot of a lot of young riders don't really take into consideration. And I know we spoke a couple of years ago as well before COVID about different things and you know how you've got to approach racing in a, in a different way. It's not just about getting on a bike and going fast because yeah. a lot of people can do that. It's about all the other things around you and that's so important. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Like even being present on your media, making everything look good, being fast on a bike is one thing, but having the whole package is another. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, oh, I'm not sure you'd learn much from Leon about social media. I mean, he's still pretty crap. Isn't he? I mean, he <laughs> hasn't posted anything. I mean, I know when he came up, I, I worked with Pedicini, obviously, in, in World Superbike. And, uh, you know, just trying to get just trying to get voice notes out of him and stuff. It's like, Leon, come on, man. We've got press releases to write. We've got, we've got Italian journalists that need the scoop. Come on, man. What are you doing? And he sat there busy in it. I mean, okay, to be fair, he was debriefing at the time. So it was probably not the right time yeah, to yeah. go in with a microphone and try and talk to him. But uh um, but it, but again, it's different, isn't it? Back in the day, I mean, we talked about Ron and Anne Haslam, uh, uh, yeah. obviously Leon. Back in the day when Ron was racing, there was no social media. I mean, it was yeah, literally no. people doing press releases and sending a fax, and you'd find out what happened the next day. Like now, yeah. you're finding out within seconds, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a strange one. It's a strange one. How do you find all that though? I mean, is that part of part of the job that you like? I mean, do you like? I mean, I see you on social media. You're active on Instagram and stuff. So I mean, you you're obviously posting things. But I mean, is it is it part of part of the job that you like, or do you do you think uh, it'd be a bit nicer if you didn't have to? I guess it would be a bit nicer if you didn't have to do it. Well, I really I don't mind because there is a lot of people like uh, my family, and my friends that I do like. Um, they'd like to see what I'm doing. So uh, you know, and sponsors, sponsors love a bit of social media and. To have them posted up on like things that you're putting up, it's just uh, it just works out, I think, for the, what's what needs to be done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it is part of it now, isn't it? You know, um, and again, I'm not saying again. I just I want to correct myself for legal reasons. I'm not advocating that riders shouldn't do social media. Far from it. What I'm saying, <laughs> the point that I was trying to make was that you know, I know with the job that I do, sometimes it would be nice just not to have to look at your phone. Sometimes it would be nice yeah. to just like, oh, I'm off to the cinema tonight. I'm off ten pin bowling, or I'm just yeah, going to go yeah. goof about in the garden or whatever without thinking, oh shit, have I posted this today? It's you know, that's what I meant. So again, for anybody before I start getting attacked on Twitter, because I'm always getting attacked for some bloody thing that I've. <laughs> said so just putting it out there i'm not saying that riders shouldn't do social media in fact i'm all for it and as, as most of the listeners will know but uh, but yeah now obviously you are aussie we get a lot of uh, listeners i think we've got about 15 or 16,000 subscribers to the podcast now which is amazing so big thanks to, to those that are tuning in and and as i said a lot of our fans uh, and our subscribers are from the other side of the world we have a lot of people that um, that do tune in from from australia so i mean obviously you're from australia and any message back to those fans i mean they, they must be crazy i mean who the hell wants to subscribe and listen to me waffle on for an hour <laughs> a week? but i mean you know i mean we, we'll, we'll take it but uh i guess for them it's it's nice when we, when we get uh, aussie riders on we've had jason o'halloran on quite recently luke power's been on the show as well obviously yeah. uh, yourself so um for those fans on the other side of the world it, it's good to hear what you're doing isn't it yeah, no, it is good. I'm, I'm happy that there is people in Australia that still love the sport and watch for stuff over here. It's awesome. Obviously, uh, I guess one of the questions would be, I mean, have you got plans to go back to Australia then? I mean, how does it work? I mean, it, obviously you're here on a, uh, I would say a work visa, but it's not technically a work visa. I mean, I guess you're on a sports visa or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm on a sports visa at the moment. So I think two days after uh, brands, we're going back to Australia and we're going to try to do a couple rounds. The last two rounds in ASBK, we're going to try to get to. Okay, so you may be even at um, World Superbikes then. You might be there at um, Phillip Island. Yeah, might be. 
Oh, excellent. Excellent. Well, we've never had an Aussie rider singing on the stage. So there we go. Ladies and gents, <laughs> Jacob Hatch will be singing, there we go, right. live. singing on the stage. Yeah, he'll be singing live at Phillip Island for the New Look Paddock Show. It's funny, actually, I was just speaking to some of the guys from Phillip Island yesterday. We've started planning everything for uh, uh, for the final round of World Superbike. And again, for the listeners, um, the, yeah, the final round this year will not be in Qatar. It will not be in Europe. The final round of World Superbikes will be at Phillip Island. Uh, like it was many years ago, uh, before the calendars all got changed around. And I mean, you've ridden at Phillip Island, Jacob. I mean, I've been there seven or eight times, maybe maybe more actually. But uh, it's such an amazing place, isn't it? And I know everybody says it, but I mean, you, you can't put into words. I remember the first year that I went there, got off the plane, absolutely wrecked, so tired, drive down from Melbourne, and you just go over that little bridge, uh, and then you're on the island, and it's it's just a magical. I can't describe it. It's a weird. I mean, I've been to many circuits, more than 50, 55, 56 circuits in the world. And there's just something special about Phillip Island, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is a great circuit. Like, if you ha- have you ridden it before? I've driven a safety car around there, if that counts. All right. Well, yeah, I guess that counts. As you're going down the straight, and all it looks like is you're going to ride into the sea. It's just, it's amazing. And like, you say, I feel like sometimes, especially on the little bike on the 300, you can find yourself, because it's such a big circuit, you're not going that fast on the 300, you can find yourself looking at certain things around the track where it's like, mm, that's pretty nice. Yeah, just going, oh, there's a penguin. And like, yeah, oh. yeah. And that's the other thing. It's funny because I remember people telling me, um, because obviously they have this, they have the famous penguin parade. And I think I'd been going there for five or six years and never been to see it. And then when my mom and dad came there uh, back in 2020, just before the pandemic, actually, my mom was like, can we go to the penguin parade? And I'm like, oh, bloody hell. So like off we went to this penguin. Parade. And do you know what? It was actually brilliant. I mean, it was freezing cold. It got so cold <laughs> at night. We had all these blankets wrapped around us. But there were yeah. literally thousands of people and then you just see these little penguin, tiny little things that are probably no, not even bigger than a than a can of Coca Cola or something, yeah, yeah. just waddling in from the sea. But there's so much wildlife there. I mean, I remember being being there the first year and having to stop practices because there's literally not just little pigeons and, and things. Huge no, they're like bloody birds. Birds. Yeah, yeah, no, they're massive. Yeah, and they're just literally on the apex of like turn two or whatever. And it's yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, there's a bike yeah. coming past, and you know, Jonathan Ray's come hurtling through there, and Alex Lowe's knee down, and you're thinking, and these birds don't bloody move. You know, mm. they they don't move, and you think, gosh, you've got bigger balls than me, birds. It's not gonna. Yeah. It's scary. I mean, have you ever have you ever experienced that yourself? Then riding at Phillip Island? Yeah, I've been. I think um, there's been a couple at Siberia on the inside of that corner as you go through. There's been yeah. a couple sitting on that grass patch there that I've seen, and it's like little bit daunting because if you were to hit one of them you're coming off for sure like yeah. they're like a big they're a big bird <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and interesting you mentioned siberia which is the, the long left hander that sort of comes back out and it sort of goes into the fast yeah. segments um have you noticed the tree there on the left hand side i mean do, do you know greg haynes the commentator yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Greg Haynes and myself, also, we used to work together at Dorna. And um, Greg, Greg is fascinated by trees, just in okay. case you didn't know that. I mean, I know. I mean, the, the look that you're giving me kind of explains exactly what everybody thinks. But, no, you know. mum likes trees as well when she sees an old Oh, she'll, she'll get on with Greg. Yeah, she'll yeah. get on with Greg. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's one of my best friends. He's a great guy. And I remember every track walk that we used to do, um, and he'd be looking out for trees and shrubbery and, you know, we'd all be looking yeah. for the bumps at turn three and Greg would be pointing <laughs> out that, have you seen the colour of that? I don't know what the hell plant yeah, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. on the inside at turn four. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I, but I will say one thing. There's a tree on the left hand side as you come out of Siberia. And yeah. I have to say, it's a very special looking tree. I mean, even I think I did an interview with Troy Bayliss about the said same tree, and he even pointed it out. So I mean, you know what? Maybe Greg's not as not not as daft as we think. I mean, if, <laughs> if, if the legend if the legend that Troy Bayliss uh, is uh, can also comment about um, uh, the tree at Siberia, but I mean, you know which yeah. tree I'm talking about. I mean, it's a beautiful specimen of a shrub, isn't it? It's, in, it's incredible. Yeah, there's one thing I actually do not know what tree you're talking about. I'm I'm sure I have seen it before, but I don't think I can really put my mind out now what it looks like it's it's the honestly i'm not joking it's the i can't believe that this podcast is now talking about the tree at siberia <laughs> Island. i mean we've, we've talked about some crazy things over the years but i know anybody that's watching now please uh, watching listening even you once once you've listened to the whole show today go online and just google philip island tree siberia and then please comment on the tweets t- send us messages tell me that it's not the best looking tree you've ever seen because it's amazing Oh, yeah, I'm sure I've seen it, but I'm going to have to have a look. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll send you a picture on WhatsApp when we finished um, because yeah. it's, 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 a, it's an amazing tree. In fact, in fact, I feel that you should tweet about this tree. 
and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and absolutely, oh, I, I, get, I, get, I get paid for this crap, like talking absolute crap about trade. What else can we talk waffle, about? Waffling on, waffling on. Waffling on, I don't know why, but it's good, it's good. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick fire questions then. What's been your, what's been your highlight of the season then so far? Um, I think the whole lot's really been a highlight. I come into this, I come into this season with just any hope. I even thought maybe even like qualifying would be good, but I've had a great season really so far. I think, I think maybe the start of the year was a big high as in I qualified fifth at Silverstone, but two laps in, I was taken out of fourth. So that kind of put that down a little bit, but it was still, it was still great to go to a track I'd never been to and qualify fifth I was like wow that's like that was pretty special to me so but um I don't know I think I mean maybe that and my last round at Cadwell has been probably my two highlights of the season really yeah and of course you're riding for the uh, the affinity team it's a good good team I mean the team has gone from strength to strength I mean and also you've got some fast teammates as well haven't you, you got Asher and, and some of the other guys yeah, around no. you so I mean yeah. I guess you're learning a lot from them as well yeah, no, if the team's great. Mechanics, everything in there is just awesome. It couldn't be run any better. And having the hospitality there as well, just being able to go up and grab a feed after you've done racing and it's just look after you so well. It's a great team. And to yeah, have I've got, people... Yeah, I've got to say that the hospitality from the team is amazing. As I said, I saw Anne Haslam at Cadwell and she invited me and was like a coffee. And I've got to say you know being quite fortunate with working in a world championship you get lots of italian coffee and you get kind yeah. of spoiled a little bit. And I'm always a little bit like oh it's going to be that kind of you know Maxwell house one it's going to yeah. be awful but i got to say that the, the coffee was pretty good no, it is it is good express coffee mate they're really yeah, good. yeah it was very good i was very impressed i was very impressed so uh yeah it, it takes a lot to impress me with coffee but uh they, they did a good job they did a good job okay well i mean as i said we could chat for hours i mean it was it's great to have you back on great to see that you're progressing and obviously doing so well um obviously there will be some new listeners to the show that won't have heard of you before uh that maybe don't follow bsb so much so how can people follow you on on social media and i'm sure there's a few people you want to say thanks to as well um my instagram's jacob hatch with two h's 96 uh, my facebook is jacob hatch racing 96 and i think my twitter is jacob hatch 96 as well excellent and for anybody that's unsure he races number 96 96 there you go see <laughs> that would have been quite embarrassing if you race like number 23 or something yeah yeah um i'd just like to thank a couple of people with mum and sure. dad this year wouldn't be possible without mum and dad mum coming over and sacrificing a, like what what's it been six months of her life just to look after me over here while i've been racing um and believe me, you and, be, and believe me, ladies and gents, he does need looking after. I mean, if you could see the hairstyle <laughs> that he's got. I mean, did she do your hair today for you as well? Did she put the gel in for you, mate? No, mate. This is just how it's been. Um, <laughs> there was actually Leon and Leon's kids, Max and Ava, that got onto my hair after Donington World Superbike. They um they got at me with the dog clippers and shaved all my hair off. So it's growing back. I was going to say it looks like someone's butchered you, mate. But I didn't yeah, want to no, say no. anything. But uh, yeah, but no, anyway. they got after me. <laughs> Yeah, and I'd just like to thank a couple of people for my sponsors this year. Richie Maria from Derby Cowie, Anthony and Sarah from a Spencer, Mark Clifford from Australia, CNC Civil, Full All Developments, Anthony Andrea, West Sliders, Dave West, KYT Helmets Australia, uh, Sam from Nortec and his crew, Analysis Realty, Annette and a lovely family, uh, Sentinel Engineering, Isaac, he's from Queensland, Atomized Dust Systems, Brett Ranwick, Addicted to track, uh, Mark McGregor, Stu and Kelly from Australia in Sydney, Mini Revids. Maddie Scordera has helped me out a lot this year as well. You, I'm sure you know Maddie. Yeah, and of course she's just got engaged as well, hasn't she, to, yes, uh, to yes, Simon Patterson. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I actually saw her at Frixton when I saw you at Frixton earlier in the year. Yeah. I did see Maddie. So, uh, yeah, no, it's good. Uh, see, I, we, we seem to be being invaded by the Aussies. I mean, this is just yeah, seems yeah, to be right. what happens, all these Aussies coming over. But it's great. And uh, and again, for those that are listening, Maddie uh, Scordera is uh, obviously fiancé now to, to Simon Patterson. Um, but she's also gone through so much, hasn't she? She got, um, yeah. she went through that, uh, uh, I want to be, well, she got burned, didn't she? Basically she suffered yeah. uh, sort of, I don't yeah. know whether it was 80 or 90% burns literally all over her body. But, uh, yeah. but I mean, she's made a, a great recovery and yeah, um, yeah. she's, uh, she's very much in the know. So again, if, if you follow her on, on Twitter and things, uh, I know that she's, She's a big, big supporter of, of young talents as well. And uh, yeah, it's great. It was great to see her at Thruxton. I haven't seen her since uh, since one of the World Superbike races. And to see her, and I was like, wow, she looks amazing. She looks so good. Yeah, yeah. No, she's been helping me out a lot this year with everything. Good. Good stuff. Yeah. Anybody else? 
Uh, just friends and family, really. Just everyone that's just everyone that's been supportive of me this year and helped me do everything that I've wanted to do. This is a big dream of mine to be able to come overseas and race, and it's just been great. Excellent stuff, mate. Well, nicely done. Nicely done. Just hey, just, just go a bit steady that way. I mean, you're, you're quite eloquent there with the way you're talking. Don't be taking my job, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, know I know I'm on the way out and I've only got a few years left in me, but... Uh, oh, just, I don't know if I can speak as well as you. No, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but uh, I appreciate it. And uh, like I said, if you are coming out to, to World Supers, um, whether you're racing or not, just yeah, let us know because obviously we, we've, got, we've got a big, big party planned for, uh, for Phillip Island. It's going to be the last yeah. round. Of the championship, we're going to be crowning all the world champions. We've got the prize giving ceremony. Everything's going to be back now that we're sort of away from COVID. So it's going to be a big, big party at Phillip Island, which is going to be great. Uh, when's your next race, that? I was going to say you at Snetterton. Yeah, at Snetterton, we leave on Thursday. I think we ride in four days, I think. Yeah. Yeah, four days. Excellent stuff. Well, good luck at Snetterton. I'll be uh, in France. And then, uh, obviously, uh, you get, you guys have got the uh, the showdown. Uh, well, not the showdown, but the last three rounds of, of BSB. So good luck for that. Uh, give my best to uh, to mum and dad and uh, yeah, yeah keep, a, keep a shiny side up mate and uh, I'll look forward to catching up with you well I said probably in person at Phillip Island because everything else now clashes with, with World Super yeah, Bikes yeah. but uh, yeah have a good end to the season mate and thanks for, for being on the show again cheers Michael I appreciate you having me on no worries buddy take care see you mate Here at Vroom, we want to hear from you, our listeners. So whether you've got a burning motorsport question or if you've got a favourite rider that you'd like us to try to reach out and arrange an interview with, please, please, please get in touch. You can contact me through my Twitter account, at mhillofficial. So what are you waiting for? Get in touch today. Skins. Ride hard, play safe. My final guest on the Vroom podcast this week is a young Italian rider, a very fast young Italian rider who is about to uh, make his first ever full English interview. So uh, I've got no idea how this is going to go, but uh, if it all goes wrong, we can speak in Italian. But uh, Mirko Genai, uh, who is one of the leading riders in the Supersport 300 World Championship, is dialing in from Italy. And uh, Mirko, ciao. Hello. How are you? Ciao, hi everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm good, and you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm laughing because uh, a few moments ago we actually started to record the podcast, and then for some reason you left, you vanished, you left me all on my own. But uh, <laughs> you're back, so uh... <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you changed your mind in the last minute. Maybe you thought, no, 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 I don't want to speak to Michael anymore, so you leave. Maybe it's why. <laughs> Now, as I was explaining to to our listeners, uh, Mirko, obviously you're Italian, so uh, your your national language is Italian. Um, but you have spoken a little bit of English. I know I've spoken to you uh, this year on the Paddock Show, and uh, you always speak very well uh, in English. But uh, I guess this is going to be a little bit different for you. Ah, uh, different because when I talk with you or with my teammate, uh, for me it's simple because. Uh, there is uh, not uh, there isn't a lot of people in front of me like the paddock show <laughs> and uh, in the paddock show it's so difficult <laughs> yeah you get a little bit nervous i think with uh, with a yeah. lot of people yeah but I, I guess this is this is is normal i mean your your job is not to to be on the stage as a as an entertainer your job is to to race motorcycles so i can understand a little bit of nervous yes you know but it is the first time uh, in the paddock show in front of the the, the people and uh, i never stay and i i never talk uh, in english uh, in front of uh, a lot of people in the paddock and no no but you, you did a good, <laughs> no no you did a good job and, and like I, like i said even in in, in this uh, interview it's it's relaxed it's it's uh, it's a fun podcast and and just for people to to get to know you there are many, many questions. I have many questions that I, I want to ask you. Um, I guess the first one, you mentioned your teammate, uh, Indy, and uh, this podcast is going out uh, on Thursday. So it's going out the day before the French round of, of World Superbike. And, and sadly, um, the news, of course, is that your teammate, Indy, will not race for, for the rest of the season. So all the bad words that he's been teaching you uh, in English, um, you, you, you're not going to learn any more bad words because sadly he's he's injured and he's not going to race. 
now without saying Hindi, I don't know where I improve the, the English. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel, obviously, having an English teammate? It's the first time for you, not just having an English teammate, but this year with the BR Corsa uh, Yamaha team, it's the first time you've had a teammate anyway. I mean, you, you were previously just alone. So how have you enjoyed having a teammate this year? Yeah, uh, before this this year, I never have the the teammate, and this year I have Indy like a teammate, and it's it's so cool. <laughs> uh, I like a lot. And as you said, he's been learning you you English, but you guys have you, you do the track walks together, uh, many many things. So uh, I guess that's also. Uh, nice. You know, it's not just you and the team. You have another rider that you can talk to and you can share ideas. Yeah, you, you remember the last uh, last year. I don't, I don't uh, speak one word in English. Yes. And now, not bad. <laughs> no, 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 now you're doing good. Now I'm impressed. I, I'm really, really impressed. How how important was it for you though, as a as a young? Italian rider, um, knowing, of course, that now COVID is no more, so we have fans back in the paddock. Did you expect that you would have to speak English? I mean, even before Indy, I mean, did you understand how the championship would change? Because it's very different now. Not not so much for me, because I've been in the paddock for 10 years, so I knew <laughs> what would happen. But for you, when you were racing um, in, in 2020, uh, and 2021, we had no fans, so it's it's very different. Yeah, uh, for me, in, uh, 2020 and 2021, the paddock is a little sad because uh, there is only rider mechanic. Uh, I never see the public. Only last year, in uh, maybe in uh, Portimao. Yes. Portimao, yes, last year, and uh, it's so so beautiful because uh, uh, give give me a lot of motivation for to do the the take the best uh, take the podium because uh, it's so beautiful when you go on the podium uh, you see the a lot of people in front of you. Uh, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Uh, so emotion. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine. I can imagine. And and this year we have so many fans um, in the races, and we have the new style paddock show. So things that we couldn't do before the pandemic. Now Dorna and, and World Superbike is bringing back a lot of things, including the paddock show. This new podium, where as you said, if you're on the podium. There are literally thousands of people uh, in front of the, the stage. And also you get to ride through the paddock. So you have the fans on each side, like a tunnel, you know, where you go through, yeah, um, yeah. which is which is pretty cool. I mean, for me on the stage, it's cool. It's a, it's a great thing to do. But I guess as a rider, because this year we should just say, um, ladies and gents, that Mirko uh, has been on the podium this year twice. Uh, so, um, you know, you, you've got to experience everything, which is, which is amazing. Yeah. For me, uh, to do the, the podium in the paddock show is better than the pit lane. Okay. Because in the pit lane entry, uh, uh, not more people in the pit lane and the paddock, uh, I don't know how coming in in uh, in the paddock show for a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> I do yeah, the slalom uh, with the bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex exactly. It's funny you say that, like the slalom, because there are so many people now. We have we have all of the the, the barriers, and you literally you do go like a slalom through all yeah. the people. Um, I, I want to talk as well about we're going to talk about how you started in racing uh, in a minute, but let's let's stay with with 2022 because. You're with BR Corsa. Um, it's a fantastic team run by uh, Andrea and by Eduardo. Fantastic people, a, a great team, a, a lot of really um, passionate people, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, you know, they are very emotional. They they always seem, from my perspective, to give 
100%. Also the mechanics, everybody in the team. It's a big family. It feels like a family when I walk into the team uh, to take a coffee or something. You know, everyone is so friendly. Um, you've been with the team now three years, maybe four years. You've been with them a long time. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, when I do the first year, okay, I find the right team because... Uh, it's friendly. Uh, now, after a few years, uh, they was my. Uh, they are my my small family, and uh, after the race, I come to the team for one week. Uh, I stay with my mechanic, uh, with uh, Andrea and Edo. Yeah, yeah. So. We, we are a, a, a small family, a second family. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's great because, uh, you know, you're a, a, young, a young rider, you're still just a teenager. I mean, how, how old are you? Sorry, remind, remind me, you're 18 now, 17? 19. Oh, you're getting old. Oh, my goodness, yeah. you're getting old. <laughs> okay, of course, yeah, you just, I couldn't remember whether you just turned 18 or 19, so you're 19. But, I mean, you have a, a huge future ahead of you, but... As you said, to find the right team is so important, isn't it? Because sure, you have your your real family, mom and dad, and 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 everybody around you. Um, but you you have to have a very strong relationship with the team. You have to trust the team and 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 everything that they're telling you. Because you know, I imagine from when you did racing just with mom and dad to now being in this team, it's very different. Yes. For me, the the right uh, um, the right street for for um, build the the um, career is uh, to stay in the in the right uh, team for right people and good work like my team. And, yeah, no, it's I, the it's the key it's the key for the win, for me. Absolutely, no, no, I think you're absolutely right. You know, building a, a career is is what you're here for. Sure, you might win one race or two races, but then if if your career stops, okay, what what did you do? Your plan is to be a world champion. Um, so, like you said, you have to start step by step. Make sure you're putting all the pieces together, um, and then you can continue. So. I've got to ask you, you know, from, from 2022 then, obviously that first podium was fantastic. And uh, I, I never seen so many Italian men crying. Yeah, it was quite funny to see uh, Eduardo <laughs> and Andrea, everybody crying and so emotional. And then later in the season, uh, you get another podium. Um, so oh. you, you've got to be really happy with, with the season, um, you know, to be now on the podium and one of the leading Yamahas, which also we talk a lot in Supersport 300 about the manufacturers, KTM, uh, Kawasaki and Yamaha. And um, you are one of only a couple of riders that has been on the podium this year with Yamaha. So uh, that that is a, a really, really strong point. Yeah, uh, because uh, this year I'm start with uh, right mind mindset, me and the team. Um, we want to win the championship. In the, I start in the first, second, and third race. Uh, not bad. I take two podium uh, to top five, if I remember it right. And uh, I'm stayed in P4, five in the championship. And in the last uh, two races, uh, in one race crash, two race crash, uh, another race around the tires. And. <laughs> Now I lost uh, a lot of points for for battle the first position, and now I want to take back this the third position. I want to but uh, I can battle for this. Yeah, exactly. Time. So yeah, exactly. So the, the the championship in terms of being champion is gone, but the focus now is to finish top three in the championship. And we yeah. go as I say, this podcast is is coming out on Thursday. So by the time. Our listeners are listening. We will be going into free practice tomorrow for uh, for France. Um, then we go to Catalonia, and again, you've had some great rides in Catalonia. I remember last year you were, you know, your lap time, your pace was very strong in Catalonia. 
and then we end the season in, in Portimao. So still six races, that's 150 points. It's it's still possible. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I remember last year in Barcelona, uh, Super Bowl uh, in, uh, in, in the second uh, laps, I'm crash and I'm starting in P36, uh, 37, I don't remember now. When I finished the first lap, no, I, before the start, I tell Andrea, okay, in the first, I finished the first lap in P70. I pass uh, on, uh, <laughs> on the finish, uh, the first lap in P15. And after I overtake uh, another rider, but race one, race two, crash. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, yes. I remember, I remember I'm this so race. In Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I remember watching because I, I obviously getting to know the team and, uh, and you guys a little bit in, um, in, in Barcelona last year. And I remember thinking, okay, let's, let's see how Mirko can go. And then in qualifying in Super Bowl, when you crashed, I was like, ah, oh, shit, no, no, he's crashed. Like, no. Um, and I remember the race and I'm thinking, ah, it's not possible, you know? And then the first lap, I'm like, he's passed, I don't know how many people, 20 people or something crazy. <laughs> and then more and more and more. And I'm like, wow. I mean, okay, you crash, that's shit happens. But I mean, yeah. it was, was incredible to see you just literally going, going through the, the, the pack. It was, was, was incredible. <laughs> now, obviously you're 19. How did you start racing? How long have you been racing? What, what, what made you start? Uh, the first time when I, uh, tried the bike. Yes. Uh, when I was four years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you remember which bike it was? Uh, Minimoto DM. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's in the, par in the parking. All oh, right. In a, in a car park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And how, how was that the first time? Did you, did you manage to stay okay or did you do crash or what happened? No, no, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, one day my father tell me, you want a motorbike? I, I was four years. Hey, oh, yes. The, 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 <laughs> after one day, I find my new motorbike in the garage. <laughs> Wow, that's okay. amazing. Coming. <laughs> Excellent. And then obviously you, you go riding and then when, when did you decide that actually, hey, this, this is not so bad. Like I'm, I'm quite fast on a bike. Maybe, maybe I can, can race. I mean, because for you coming from Italy, I mean, we are so used to following Valentino, you know, and, and, you know, there's so many Italian riders, Loris Capirossi, uh, you know, Franco and yeah. many, many riders that have come through. Uh, Luca Cadalora, you know, many riders that have come through from, from Italy. Did you feel like a pressure when you started racing because you're Italian? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, for, for, I'm just interested, like, you know, for you, you were thinking in your head, oh, I want to be the next Valentino or you just wanted to race the motorbike? Uh, no. The motorbike. Yeah, so, so for you, it was all about the love of motorbike. You just loved motorcycles. Yes, because I don't like the Italian rider. But yeah, I like it, but... Uh... Sure. So who is your, like, when you were growing up then? Um, that's interesting, because I know you, I, I, I speak to a lot of Italian riders and they say, oh, yeah, my, my hero is, is Valentino. And it's like, okay, I understand, or, you know, but to, to hear an Italian rider say, no, no, my, my hero or my, my favorite rider is somebody else. Like, who, when you were growing up then, was your, was your favorite rider? <laughs> it's not the MotoGP rider or Superbike rider. It's a okay. motocross rider. Okay, cool. Who, who told me? I'm interested. Look, wait, I, I take one helmet. Okay, Antonio so Cairoli. Ah, okay. So again, just for the listeners, you won't have seen why there was that short pause. So uh, we're recording this. I'm in <laughs> London and, uh, and Mirko is uh, at his house. So he, he literally just stood up and walked to the side of his room and is now showing me uh, on the Zoom uh, the, the, the helmet of Anthony, uh, Anthony Caroli, who is uh, 
a legend of, of motocross. So, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and you have the helmet there, all signed by him and everything. So, so that was your inspiration, uh, Karoli. I like that. Yeah, because when I was uh, eight years, I started to the race with uh, his number twenty two hundred twenty two, like the Karoli. Ah, okay. So that was the first number. That's how you started. Yeah. <laughs> and did you race motocross as well then? Did you? I'm guessing you raced motocross. Yeah. Ah, okay. Now I understand. Okay, now. Okay. But I'm not starting with motocross, huh? I start with uh, a mini motorbike. But uh, when I was six years, I start with motocross. Okay, so you did the, the mini moto, then you went into motocross, and then... So when, when was your first race on tarmac, like road racing? When, when was that? Um, when I was eight years, yeah. In the um, Italian Championship. Wow. So it's like a pre-Moto4 or something like this? No, uh, a mini motorbike rather. Ah, mini, mini motorbike. Ah, yeah. okay. Okay. So you went through through mini moto, and then you did Italian Championship. I remember seeing your name in in some results in Italian Championship, um, and then obviously you moved into the World Championship. So it's been quite fast to go from Italian Championship into World Championship. Um, are, are you enjoying it? Do you en- enjoy the the life in in World Superbike? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> what, what's the favorite? What's your favorite thing in in, in the paddock? What's your favorite? What's the favorite thing um, about World Superbike? What What do you enjoy the most? Uh, the old bikes in the paddock, in the World Superbike, because it's more serious, more professional than uh, Italian Championship. And uh, I like these things. <laughs> Okay, and when you say no, no vibes, you mean you mean bad vibes, I guess. You mean it's um, what do you mean exactly? In, in the superbike or yes. in uh, yeah, in superbike. Yeah, you said in in superbike there is is no vibes. I, I I don't know what you mean. You you mean like it's? I'm just trying to understand what you mean because in in English, so I'll give you a little English lesson. When when we say um, good vibes, it means that it's a it's a really good feeling you know so when you say yeah. there's no when you say there's no vibes i'm like no no in superbike there is vibes like it's a it's a positive place yeah yeah no always positive yeah no no in superbike is uh, always good vibes ah so you mean in okay i understand that so you mean the reverse okay okay understood. yeah yeah okay no i just wanted to be clear i just wanted to be clear because i'm like he's he's saying that there's no vibes in superbike i'm like oh my god like i really have to do a better no job. no no, no. <laughs> only, only only when i am fresh is a bad vibes <laughs> yeah 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 for sure for sure no that's good so obviously we we, we we've learned a little bit about your you're starting and, and obviously caroli is, is is your was your hero or your your favorite rider now, obviously, you're in, in World Supersport 300. Um, as you said, you're fighting for the top three in the World Championship, which is fantastic. Um, what's the long-term plan? I mean, what's your ambition? Where, where do you want to be in, in three or four years? Uh, in three or four years, uh, my plan, my first plan is, is to win the championship of the Super Sport 200. I want this here, but <laughs> now it's it's impossible. So is the plan then, from what you're saying, um, that you will stay in Super Sport 300 next year? Is is that is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, I want to go away to 300, uh, like uh, when I when I when I'm the the World Championship. Okay. The world champion. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. This is my plane. No, I, I like that because, you know, and I understand many riders will move even if they are not the world champion. But I think for you to have a, a clear plan, it's it's interesting. And, and will you stay with, with the same team or does that depend on, on, on your family and managers and things like this? Or have you already signed a contract or 
Sorry, oh, I'm, my... pu- I'm pushing because I want you to give me the exclusive for the podcast. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, no, my plan is uh, to stay my, with my team. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, no, because no. I have uh, the old card for, for win the championship. For me, it's stupid to change uh, the team for only one year because uh, I in the in my team I have all the cards. When I go to the another team, I don't have anything in in my mind, in my hand. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, I, I mean, again, it's it's. I think it's really smart. I think the, the the way that you're talking is is really smart because it can be quite easy for a rider to say, okay, we finish P4 in the World Championship. Next year, we go to a new team. And maybe it's a team that was the world champion or was close to the championship, you know, closer than what you are. But I think you're correct because if you, if you stay, you know. You know Edu, you know Andrea, you know the mechanics, you know the bike, you know the, the scenario. You know, it's, as you said, it's like a family. So you've built this, you've built this little team around you, you know. If you go to a new team... Everything is new, so you start again from zero. So I yeah, think it's, yeah, yeah. I, I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying, and I'm sure Andrea and Edu, who will listen to the podcast, will also be very happy because I'm, I'm sure there'll be other teams that, that would like to sign to sign you because you know for sure you're you're very very fast. So no, I think that's great. And then obviously, if you win the the, the Super Sport 300 Championship next year, where ultimately do you want to go? Is is your plan to go into World Superbike, or do you want to go into a different paddock, or what's what's your long term plan? Uh, this is a, a difficult argument for me because uh, if if I win the champion, the championship. Uh, I don't know because uh, it's a difficult word of the motorbike of the motorsport. But my plan is uh, to overthink the six hundred super sport six hundred. Okay, so that would be the plan. So you would go super sport three hundred yeah. to the new next generation uh, super yeah. sport, uh, and then fight with. Well, right now it's like fighting with Baldassari, with Agata, with Bulaga. I mean, this is a this is a high level this year. I mean, obviously yeah. you've been you've been watching Supersport. I know a lot of people were not sure. Oh, new regulations, Ducati is coming, Triumph is coming, MV Augusta with a new bike. Maybe maybe it's not gonna be good, but I think the racing is fantastic. I mean, I think it's 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 really gone to the next level, in my opinion. A, a lot of uh, most of two rider um in super sport 600 and uh now this year and i think the next year is another step uh yeah no i agree i i fully agree completely agree if we talk about superbikes, let's ask you a couple of other questions just so we can let people know where you uh where, where you're thinking um superbikes. we have alvaro bautista jonathan ray and uh, toprak razgalioglu Three amazing riders. Um, all of them have been world champions. Um, okay, Alvaro, when he was in the Grand Prix paddock, obviously Jonathan in Superbike and Toprak in Superbike. So three world champions, three different motorcycles with obviously Ducati, Kawasaki and Yamaha. All very different. Their styles of riding, very different. Um, yeah. <laughs> who, who, do you, who do you think is going to win? The world championship this year because there's 30 points between them more or less i mean it's it's like we're going into the second half of the season on zero i mean one mistake from alvaro and it's five points between them you know it's it's going to be very interesting i think but who who do you think will win and who do you want to win uh, it's difficult to tell who win because there is a lot of race and for me, if Alvaro don't run the next race, uh, he can win. Okay, so you, so you think that it, it, it's, it's down to Alvaro, Alvaro not to make a mistake. If Alvaro just keeps calm, doesn't make a mistake, then you think Alvaro yeah. will be the champion? Yes. Okay, okay. Interesting, interesting. We have a Yamaha <laughs> rider 
talking about a Ducati rider. So I like yeah. that. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. No, that's good. That's good. Now, what, obviously, away from the track, I know you um, you you work a little bit with your with your sponsors. I know we've been in the the summer break. We've had four or, or five weekends not racing, but you've still been on the bike. Uh, you've been with your sponsors, working in Mugello, uh, working also a little bit as a, as a mechanic. So you didn't have a holiday at all. No, <laughs> this year, no. <laughs> wow. so, so what were you doing in uh, in Mugello? It's like a like a riding school or what was it? I, I saw some things on Instagram, but I wasn't sure exactly what it was. Yeah, it's a similar riding school. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, you've been riding more or less the whole time, which is, which is great. Yes, but I don't want to do the coach. I, I do only mechanic now. <laughs> oh, really? So when you go there, you, you're actually mechanicking for the riding school. You're not like a teacher. You're not teaching people no, to no, ride. No, no, no. Oh, wow. I find that so interesting. That's really interesting. So, and that's, that's your choice or? Because... Now I'm not ready for coaching because okay I'm I'm fast in the worst first part hundred but uh, if one rider is faster uh, I don't know if um, it's a, a good coach for for another people I, I I don't know if you understand me No no I understand because, uh, I understand yeah for to do the coaching for me it's very important to study the um, uh, the right way for for the people uh, okay i go fast but i don't know how <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah yeah because for you in in that moment you're racing so you're you're racing to actually translate this for somebody that's maybe riding on the street it's different. Yeah, I understand. I understand. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fun way to look at it. It's a fun way. Okay, a couple more questions, then we're going to let you go um, because we're getting ready, as I say, to uh, to head out to, to France. Uh, what kind of music do you listen to? What, what what kind of music are you listening to? Like on the grid, if you put on the earpiece, what music gets you in the gets you in the zone? In the race week, I don't listen to music because uh, I want to talk a lot with my friend with my team with my mechanic uh, because uh, go away is the stress if i talk with uh, the people oh really well that's interesting yeah. so, so so many riders go the opposite way so many riders yeah. prefer not to talk to anybody just sit there quiet and, and where with you you prefer you prefer that that's interesting yeah i want to go in the paddock uh, i want to go my another rider for talking uh, yeah but uh, i don't i don't like the listen to the music because uh, if i go in my um, corner of the box with the um, the headphone coming the stress uh, the nervous uh, and uh, okay no i like that i mean again that's <laughs> i need to talk <laughs> Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Like me, I have to talk. I mean, even in my sleep, I have to talk. This is the point. It's like, <laughs> no, no, for sure. I, I, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Now, obviously, we, we only have literally maybe one minute left. Um, so how can how can fans follow you? Obviously, I know a lot of people will watch World Super Sport 300 and, and they will have seen the name. And now, obviously, over the last 30 minutes or so, we've, we've heard from you. And, and I've got to say... Complimente, really, really good interview in English, considering that you, you very rarely speak English. And, and I'm sure that Indy and his dad, Damon, only told you the bad words. So, you know, you, you, haven't, said any of the, you haven't said any of the bad words. So, um, no, really, really good interview. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will, will want to follow you now and, and see how you, uh, how you get on for the rest of the season. How, how can people follow you on, on social media? Obviously, you're on Instagram and Facebook. How, how can people follow you? How can, how can they follow you? Um, so if somebody was listening and said, I want to follow Mirko on, on Instagram. Yeah, what, what? on my Instagram. The name yeah. on Instagram is uh, Mirko Genai26. <laughs> okay, so again, for our listeners, that's Mirko, M-I-R-K-O, Genai, which yeah. is G-E-N-N-A-I, and then the number 26, because 
Absolutely. If you haven't guessed, Mirko races number 26. So uh, that, is, uh, that is very good. So excellent. Um, okay, well, we are going to let you go. I guess what I should say, though, Mirko, do you have anything that you would like to say in Italian at the end? Uh, anything that you would like to say to the fans in Italian? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> now, one, one, one word in, English, in Italy. Yeah, you can. If you would like to say something in Italian, just to finish, it, it's no problem. You can. Okay, ciao a tutti ragazzi. Spero che vi sia piaciuta la mia intervista in inglese. Ci vediamo in Francia. Excellent, excellent. And he's basically saying, sorry for my English and I'll see you in France. It's more or less what you said, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've been learning Italian as well, eh? Posso parlare un poco italiano. So uh, I'm learning as well, step by step. So excellent. Well, Mirko, thank you so much for being on the show. And I will see you, uh, well, by the time this goes out, I will see you tomorrow in France. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm so grateful, my host. No worries. Take care. I'll see you, uh, see you at the circuit. Yeah. Big thanks to my guests this week, to Mirko Janai, who we've just heard from, and of course uh, to Jacob Hatch, who opened the show. We wish them well for the rest of the season. Well, I am off to the airport. I'm off to France for World Superbike. Uh, looking forward to the season resuming. There's a test currently going on in Misano for MotoGP. Formula One, of course, is heading to the third of its three races in the triple header. It's the Italian Grand Prix this weekend from Monza. We'll have a recap of all of that action uh, once we come back next week, uh, where we'll be joined by another couple of great guests from the world of motorsport. In the meantime, make sure you're following on social media at Mhill Official and send us any thoughts, any questions, and any suggestions of riders or personalities from the paddock that you'd like us to get on the show. Brew, your motorsport fix sponsored by Skins Sexual Health. Ride hard, play safe. The Vroom podcast is presented and produced by me, Michael Hill. It's edited by Gareth Bouch of Vroom Media with music by The Rain Dogs. It is a production of Michael Hill Promotions. Yeah.